welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. This inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. this moment Lord and use it for your glory in Jesus precious name glory to God welcome someone and have your seat in God's presence come on church celebrate Jesus it's good to be back in the midweek service is someone excited is someone really excited come on hallelujah glory to Jesus Hallelujah. I'm excited. COVID has nothing on us. <laughs> Glory to God. Wow. You know the thing that amazes me the most is when I've always said that here when God tells me something and recreated came when I was in a space where I was asking him many questions and the beauty of our God seen me in that space you know when God gives you an answer that answer just suits you it just settles you in the midst of any pain or any discomfort in the midst of anything that you're going through when God talks to you when he tells you something what he tells you is somewhat different from what you're going through and then sometimes you want to ask the question that, Jesus, I'm not sure you understand what I'm saying. Many a times in scripture, they've asked Jesus uh, questions and then the answer that he would give would suggest to mean that he wasn't paying attention. Master, we're perishing. We're perishing. There is, uh, the waves uh, uh, the, the, is coming. We're going to die and everything. And then the guy was sleeping. And then he turned and rebuked the thing. It appears to me that 
Jesus deliberately did not pay attention. Deliberately. He didn't pay attention. Deliberately. It, so I'm studying the life of Jesus and seeing his expression. And I'm finding out that there are things he does deliberately because of the person that he is. Follow me. Today, I just want to lay a foundation. We have all month to, 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 to study this. But today, I want to lay a very good foundation. God help me. I study in the life of Jesus and I'm seeing that, hey, the way he looks at situations, the way he sees things, the way he, he, his perspective about life and the things that happen all around him is quite different from every other person around. So it appears to me that Jesus came to show us how to live. So it appears to me that Jesus came and refused to conform to the norm. It appears to me that Jesus came and looked at everything and decided to go the other way. So I'm studying the life of Jesus and I'm asking many questions that how is it that you are able to survive and thrive in a space where you, you are the odd one out. Everyone is going in a particular direction but Jesus would choose to go in another direction and he, he would come to a place and, and he would say, look, you know what, I'm hungry and then they go look for food for him and then they come back and he's like, my food and my drink is, and they're like, we don't understand. Someone in this generation would have questioned and, and asked, maybe Jesus is bipolar. Because the way he behaved, he behaved like someone from another world. He behaved like someone that has been recreated. He, 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 he was not acting like every other person. There was something about him that was different. There was something about him that was unique. There was something about him that separated him, that set him apart from every other person. So I concluded that he came to show us how to live. He came to be the example. He came to be the picture of how life should be. He came to be that picture. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 35. But someone will say, how are the dead raised up and with what body do they come? Foolish one. What you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be but mere grain. Perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases and to teach and to each seed its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh. There is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one 
and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written. The first Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-given spirit. Let me pause there for a while. So Paul took his time to explain to us how that things are different. To explain to us that, hey, there is a glorious body. There is the natural and there is the spiritual. He took his time to explain all that analogy and display the whole thing. Where he was going is that, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-given spirit. Listen to me. The Bible says that we are no longer after the similitude of the first Adam. He didn't call Jesus the second Adam. He called him the last Adam. Why? There is no other example apart from the example of Jesus. There is no other life apart from the life of Jesus. There is no other person that you and I ought to emulate and follow apart from Jesus. There is no other. He said, however, in verse 46, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as the, is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. Now listen. Anytime you think of your life, and you think of your life as related to Adam. What you're doing is that you are caught, you're short-circuiting yourself from the life-given spirit that Christ carries. I know that yes, we came genealogy from Adam. You and I, if we trace our origin and everything, we came from Adam. That's the first creation. But the second creation, which Paul was trying to explain here, that it's spiritual. Though the natural comes first, but there is one that is spiritual. So that we are no longer after the natural, but now we are after the spiritual. So our genealogy should no longer be from Adam, but should be from Christ. It means that our results should no longer be from Adam, but should be from Christ. Should be from Christ. This is why he says, as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. So he has become for you and I the last Adam. Adam means man, it means the beginning. So when, when the Bible tells that, hey, um, 
we you and I have become uh, that Jesus has become the last Adam it means that our beginning should no longer be from who the first Adam our beginning should be from who the last Adam so when I trace myself now I don't see myself from the fallen man I see myself from the resurrected Christ I see my expression from the resurrected Christ. I see everything about my life from where Christ began. From where he began. He said, as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. So when we begin to make distinction and begin to arrange our lives and say, okay, where do we start from? A lot of people trace their, their life to Adam and say, you know what? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Adam fell, so there's none holy and all that. And everything you do, everything just brings you to a place of condemnation. Everything you do just brings you to a place where you tell God, you know what? Um, I'm not worthy and all the prayers you lift your hand up to you keep saying I'm not worthy I'm not worthy yes we know we can never be but when Christ becomes the source when Christ becomes the beginning when, when Christ becomes the one we draw inference from and not Adam you are standing worthy not because of yourself but because of who? because of Christ because of Christ so he becomes the last, the last Adam. Glory to God. Glory to God. Go to Genesis. Chapter 1. Chapter 3. Let me start from verse 1. He said, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who 
told you that you were naked have you eaten from the tree of which i commanded you that you should not eat and that began man's demise at that point everything began to change for man but even at this state god had a plan even at this state i mean you cannot catch him unawares god cannot be surprised at certain things and he's not capable of rethinking an idea he can't say okay you know what um i i thought maybe jesus was the last person to send i'm going to send another person or maybe i'm going to give you another uh, testament maybe there will be a third testament or something no his plan from the beginning has always been his plan what happens to you and i is that it is revealed to us so we come to know the plan so the moment we know the plan is that's not when the plan started we come to know so when you're praying and you're you're seeking God's face and then all of a sudden you come to a revelation of Jesus you're like wow ah uh, uh, this this thing is new no 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 you are the one that is new in the equation it has always been the plan of God here look at it i'll show you in a minute okay so follow me quickly to um let's go down to verse 21 also for adam and his wife the lord god made tunics of skin and clothed them when you read scriptures how did god make the tunics of skin god must have slaughtered an animal right He must have killed an animal and then took their skin. When you read scriptures, read them with imaginative ability. Read them creatively. Look at it, look at scripture and begin to imagine. No, if the Bible says God made tunics of skin and clothed them, how did he make it? So, he took an animal, slaughtered the animal, right? Took the skin did whatever and then wrapped them around at that point what was god saying that even in this state adam eve i have a plan even in this state i have a plan and that plan is jesus so right from the very beginning it has always been his plan right from the very beginning it has always been his plan So there we see Jesus in full expression. Full expression. Why? So that you and I can come to a place where we will always refer to Christ as our foundation and not Adam. Not Adam. That's why Paul got to that revelation and then he said to himself, "I am who I am in Christ Jesus." He said, "I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me." 
He said, I labor more abundantly than all of you, but by the grace of God that is in me. He came to that point where he saw Jesus for himself. He came to that point where Christ was revealed to him. And then he knew that, hey, I am no longer after this Adam. I am now after this life-giving. Life-giving. That is the word. So when we say that you and I have been recreated, God did not change our physical uh, 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 status. He didn't. How many of you here, when you got born again, you were dark, you became white? The day you gave your life to Christ and you said, Lord, I receive you. And then you came out of that place and then all of a sudden you became white. Or you were fair and then you became dark. Or you were short and then you became tall. Nothing physically changed about you. But something happened in your spirit that caused you to be recreated inside. That's why Paul was telling us there in 1 Corinthians 15 that it's the spiritual that counts more than the natural. So Adam is from the natural. Christ is from the spiritual. So when you and I are born again, what happens to us is that, hey, we are recreated from inside. That's what Nicodemus could not understand. He said, how can I get into my mother's womb again and be born? Because that was the first time he, could, he, he heard about it. That, hey, you should be born again. And he was wondering, okay, to be born actually means all he understood was the natural. All he knew was the natural. There was nothing spiritual about his understanding. So think about it. A Jesus coming to Nicodemus and saying to him, you, shall, you should be born again. So he's not thinking spiritual. That's why Jesus stood in a place where all he represented was the spiritual. And I started in the beginning by saying that the expression of Jesus suggests to us to mean that he's not in touch with this natural world. That everything he does comes from a spiritual realm. Yes, he would eat and drink, but when it comes to uh, expressing uh, who he is really, is the spiritual that takes effect. So you hear people in church say, um, you know what? Let's leave all these spiritual things now. Let's face reality. There is no reality more than the spiritual reality. There is none. There's absolute... And when I'm talking about spiritual reality, I'm not talking about chasing demons and chasing wizards and witches. No. That's on a lower level. That's what I'm talking about a higher consciousness of who you are in Christ Jesus. That the Bible says, He whom the Father has set free, He whom the Son has set free, is free indeed. That setting free is a spiritual consciousness and awakening inside your mind when you realize who you are in Christ Jesus. And that state that you are, you are in control. You are in control. It's a spiritual awakening, it's spiritual consciousness. You know who you are. But in Christ Jesus, motivational speakers will tell you, oh, know yourself, become aware. People that practice yoga and all those things will tell you, okay, self-meditation, become aware. You cannot be, you cannot use self-awareness to replace the awareness of who you are in Christ Jesus. There are two different things. As a human being, you can be aware of your environment. As a human being, you can be aware 
of a state of mind. But what we are talking about is not mind manipulation. What we are talking about is not behavioral modification. What we are talking about is a state of the spirit where you have the mind of Christ, you think like him, you act like him, and you have the same expression that he has. You cannot attain that state without being recreated. He's the only one that can recreate you. That's what the scripture says. A life-giving spirit. And Jesus would say in John 10.10, 10, he says the thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. I say, but me, I have come to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. To give you life to overflowing such that people that come in contact with you will, will encounter that same life. When people speak to you, the words that come out of your life, out of your mouth, Jesus would say the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So he's a life-giving spirit. So you and I are meant to be life givers. So when we talk to people in our workplaces, in our environment, everywhere we go, we give life. We give life. So he recreated us so that we can give life to other people. And give life all around us. That's the essence. That's the essence. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. From verse 12. It says, For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. Say, so for the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all. That those who live should no longer live, should no longer, should live no longer for themselves. But for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, someone say from now on. Someone say loud, from now on. We regard no one according to the flesh. <laughs> Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Hallelujah. Even though we have known him according to the flesh, we've seen him. We saw him when he was doing his carpentry work. We saw him when he was eating. We saw him when he was using the loo. But now we don't know him like that anymore. Why? It is not a, a natural thing. It's a spiritual thing. You don't encounter it by just mere hanging around. No. No. Then it says, therefore, if anyone, anyone is anyone. What's the plural of anyone? Anyone. Anyone is what? Anyone. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Life-given spirit. Life-given spirit. So you can't change yourself that hey, I have nothing to offer my world. No. You have everything to offer your world. You are seeing it like that because you are yet to see yourself in Christ Jesus. By myself, I can't do anything. But the moment I step into him, I become taller. The moment I step into him, I become wiser. The moment I step into him, I become full of everything that I'm lacking. The Bible calls him the very embodiment of our existence. He said, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. In him. So God took everything. That's the way I like to describe it. God took everything. Everything. Put it in Jesus. And then took Jesus and gave him to us. As a gift. As a gift. So nothing about us changed. But something about Jesus changed. Something about him changed. His body was not found. But if you die, your body will be found. Something about us. Didn't change. But something about him changed. He transfigured right before their very eyes. His physical body. We did not. But he did. He went to hell. We did not. But he did. He ascended up to heaven. We did not. But he did. So we are still who we are. But we are changed from the inside out. We are still who we are. But we've been recreated. So many times, people don't know that they have been recreated. They still refer to Adam as their source. And they draw from Adam rather than drawing from Christ. So when you draw from Adam, what happens? You fall short all the time. All the time. But the moment you begin to draw from Christ, you can't fall short. You can't. He's complete. He's full, complete. So people don't know, they don't realize that, hey, things have changed. I'm a brand new person. They don't realize anymore. 
They begin to draw strength and draw their source from Adam and begin to look. No, the Bible didn't tell us to look to Adam. No. It said to look to Jesus. It said to look to Jesus, not to Adam. Glory to God. What I want to do tonight is just lay foundation for you. And build on that foundation next week and the upper week and keep going. Amazing, amazing stuff God is just revealing to me about who we are and how that our recreation in Christ Jesus is a complete and total one. Complete and perfect. It's a finished work. No other foundation will anybody lay again. No other. Glory to God. Stand to your feet. My heart desire in these teachings throughout this month is that someone will come to a place where you realize that when God looks down on you, what he sees is Jesus and not you. And that you will take yourself out of the way. Out of the way completely. And allow Christ to find expression. And that you would submit yourself to him and to him alone. And allow him to just find expression. And that you don't really matter in the equation. He is the one that matters. You don't really matter. He's the one that matters. He's the one that matters. And that you are just a vessel in his hands. And that you are an ambassador in his hand. Using you to reconcile the world. To who? To God. To God. Glory to God. Next week, I'm going to be talking about the porter. Today, I'm just building foundation. Talk about the potter and show you the depths of what God went through to make sure that you, you, there's nothing that will come against you that can win you. Nothing. What he went through, the depth he went through to recreate you as a potter. To show, to show the world that hey, I have a product that is unbeatable. How he boasted and told Satan, have you seen my servant Job? Have you seen him? If God would boast about Job like that, what about you that came after Jesus? There is nothing, nothing whatsoever Nothing that you can't win in or be a victor in. Nothing. I don't care what that thing is. Lift your hands to heaven. Someone say, I've been recreated. I'm no longer who I used to be. I'm a new being. Say it out loud. I'm a new being. I'm a new species. I have been recreated never existed before glory someone give a lot of shout
been recreated. Brand new. Never existed before. Never existed before. I stand in that understanding. I stand in that knowledge. I stand in that knowledge. If you know that, I mean, look at Adam. I'm just so excited about this. Look at Adam. And, and God came to him and said, Who told you? Adam, who told you that you were naked? Question, was he wearing clothes before? Who told you that you were naked? He that created you, created you naked. Yet you did not know. Now you heard. And you are seeing yourself. And he's still asking you, Who told you? I don't care the thing. Our God is an awesome father. He has a plan from the very beginning. That plan is a plan of dominion. Without apology. He has it all figured out. Completely. He has it all figured out. Recreated. In Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Lift your hands to heaven. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.